0: Week 41, if this show was a baby, it would be born by now. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, this it is a baby. it's this week in film. It's this week in film. The show is a weekly podcast where we come together, we talk about the movies we watched over the past week, and um, and that's about it. I'm yeah. Nick Fadanto. Hello. Joined as always by Ray Radominke. That's right. No third person
1: this week, Ray. Nah, just us two. Us two boys just talking movies. Yep.
0: Well, first up, I saw the new Star Trek movie, Star Trek Beyond. Oh. It's the third in the Bed Bath sequel (laughs) or series of movies. (laughs) And, um, oh boy. It answers all the questions from Star Trek Bath (laughs) (laughs) and Bed. and, And Bed, yeah. Um, I, I got to say that the movie was pretty good for about an hour and 15 minutes and then the last 45 minutes it just turns into like just an action movie which is not really what you're looking for from a Star Trek movie.
1: Aren't they all like that though? Yeah, kind of. Like uh, in my opinion, I mean I haven't seen the third one, but the first two were just they were good, not great. Uh
0: I love the first one. The 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 2009 one. Um I thought that movie was a ton of fun. Um, And the characters were great. And I I think it's a movie that lives on the the acting of its characters. Um, And this movie, well, let me go back. Um, For instance, the 2009 Star Trek movie, if you're not aware, relaunches the Star Trek franchise from the 60s with Captain Kirk and Spock uh and and revamps all their characters kind of um but i think it's the strength of the acting of the of the main characters that really nails the movie like you could have put a bunch of bad actors in that movie and it would have been just a terrible sci-fi movie but uh jj abram's direction and a, like a fun quick sci-fi adventure was perfect for what star trek needed to be at the time mm-hmm. Then Star Trek Into Darkness happened, which was a terrible movie. (laughs) Um, That was the absolute worst direction that the movie could have gone to, uh, which was the remaking of the only other really great Star Trek movie, which is uh, The Wrath of Khan. Khan! Exactly. And they try to remake it, and it just doesn't work out. And no Star Trek movie's climax should be... Spock punching a guy on a on a floating ship going through San Francisco for ten seconds, <laughs> and then this movie, um, the the new one, Star Trek Beyond, uh, for about an hour fifteen, maybe even an hour and a half, feels like a cool sci- Star Trek movie where we're on this fun adventure. the The cast is totally split up; they're all over this this planet, and they have to find each other to you know get together to save the day but the it kind of felt like a a marvel movie where the villain is real weak it's just Mm -hmm. oh and we have this bad guy who you have to stop for seemingly who is who's
1: the bad guy in this
0: one uh the bad guy is played by idris alba okay uh he plays a guy named crawl um and he's it's a menacing villain but his motivations are very unclear other than the fact, uh, well, I don't want to get into any spoilers um, because it's definitely worth watching, but yeah, it could have been a lot better. Uh, but the movie was written by Simon Pegg uh, and yeah. other and other guy who uh, uh, Simon Pegg plays Scotty in the movie and he's got like Simon Pegg's a total nerd. Um, like, you know, Star Trek is his bread and butter growing up. So this is about as Star Trek of a movie as you're ever going to get again the like they have a new show coming out i guess right, next right. year and maybe that'll get back to like star trek's roots about um you know like space tales but they're really analogies for morality tales or you know like uh difficult eth- ethics questions but because it's an alien race you don't realize that you're thinking about you know actual earth problems
1: right
0: but this this movie is really just Captain Kirk is going to punch a guy in the face a few dozen times in order to to win the war or to save the world. Uh and it's kind of a shame because the, the you could tell that within this movie that there was a chance for for some difficult uh searching like that, you know, like what happens after a war to soldiers and things like that. But um like when war ends, when when do soldiers become ambassadors of peace is basically what the uh the story could have been, which which is timely with what uh, oh, the United yeah. States is going through. Right. You know, like with soldiers coming back from from war zones, and and has been going on for some time. But instead, it's just Captain Kirk punching a guy in the face.
1: Were the action sequences like well done? Was it? Oh yeah, it looks great. It it looks really cool. Um, there's this one
0: really neat sequence uh, when they're in this space station and like, like the gravity gets turned off, and and that's pretty neat because. Uh, I guess there's, they do all their their sci-fi jargon and like the gravity is keeps pulling in different directions, so they're flying all over the place.
1: Kind of uh, like the like the scene in Inception where they're in the hallway. Yeah, and they have to yeah exactly get to the elevator. Yeah,
0: the scene in Inception though makes sense because there's a goal. Yeah, and somebody's trying to do something even though it's <laughs> in it's in a dream. Dream, but um, it's definitely a movie worth checking out. Uh, it's just a shame. Uh, that it wasn't like a heavier movie. Like in in a few months' time, I will really have forgotten what the movie was about.
1: More just like a popcorn flick,
0: yeah. Which is, I guess, what Star Trek needs to to stay alive. Yeah, it was, but... I mean, it
1: was a summer movie, so that's what you expect. And I think who's the director? Justin Lin, I think yeah. directed it. Yeah, he's done fast the Fast and the Furious movies. He's right? done
0: all the really good Fast and the Furious movies. I think well, none played, of which uh... I
1: have ever which I have seen. Oh uh, Ray. I've only seen the older ones. This this
0: doesn't interest me. I don't know. No, you gotta, (laughs) don't, don't forget about the first three.
1: Well, the first one's all the first one's an awesome movie. First
0: one exists. And then uh, the second <laughs> one is Point break
1: with race cars?
0: Yeah, basically. <laughs> the second one is just a terrible, terrible movie. I don't know why the series continued after the second one.
1: And then you have the third one which is uh Tokyo Drift. Yeah.
0: Which everyone hates. I don't know why they everybody hates it. I liked Tokyo Drift. Like it was Lucas Black? It was I think it was just because there's no Vin Diesel and right. Paul Walker. But the fourth one is when it goes next level.
1: Yeah, that's what I hear, and it was one of. Honestly, I even I started watching the fourth one, and I just like couldn't get into it. And Uh, like I haven't watched any of the other ones since. You
0: got to get to the the fifth one is the best one. That's five. Yeah, that's when the Rock. I think is I can't remember if the Rock shows up in four or five, but when they're in Brazil, is is an insane, insane movie. It's so I mean they're all they're all just terrible. But the four four, five, six, and even seven are just phenomenal action movies they like especially when you start reading into like how they make the movie where um they all have it in their contracts that they can't lose a fight.
1: yes, I've heard this, yeah,
0: and so they just keep adding cast members so that they can win a fight, and then the that cast member then joins for the next movie, and then they can no longer lose a fight, and it's Oh, uh, they're just so stupid.
1: Oh, well, maybe that will be a project for me in upcoming weeks. Watch one of them. Well, I'll, be, I'll have to start with four.
0: Yeah, you got to start with four. I mean,
1: four fast, four furious. That's what it's called, right? No. I think it's that fast. It's I going... think it's
0: fast and furious.
1: Yes, I was... What was the? <laughs> <laughs> I was just joking.
0: Was... I don't even know what the... what's the sixth one even called. Because it was Furious Seven. I don't know. Fast Five. Faster and more. Whatever. Star Trek.
1: Star Trek Beyond.
0: Beyond. Yeah, it's a great-looking movie. Justin Lin was well-utilized in it. But,
1: um, great.
0: Yeah. So, Ray, I watched a fun action movie. What did you see
1: this so movie? So I watched a, a, another movie that also was great-looking, um, but it just wasn't very good. Um, I watched Crimson Peak. Mm. Guillermo, Guillermo del Toro's new film. Now, right off the bat, I got to disclaim I am not a fan of Guillermo del Toro. Oh, really? Okay. I think he is highly overrated. <laughs> I don't I don't understand why he is looked upon as such a great director. Um, he broke onto the scene with uh, Pan's Labyrinth. Which I think is a highly overrated movie. I don't understand why everybody loves *Pan's Labyrinth* so much. I loved it. Yeah. Well, I loved it. Everybody's entitled to their own their own opinion. The Hellboy movies are 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 good. I can't get through them. Yeah. I mean, they're they're good, not great. I mean, they're, if I were to pick my favorite Guillermo del Toro movie, it'd probably be the first Hellboy, and that's not even that good of a movie.
0: Yeah. I I've tried watching Hellboy, and I just can't.
1: Right. I just. And then can't you got *Blade 2*, which stinks. Oh blade two is the best one. No, no,
0: no. Oh man. Blade <laughs> two is all are you sure you're not thinking Blade 3? No, blade I know. I've seen terrible. all the blades.
1: Blade Trinity.
0: Blade Two is
1: awesome. Um isn't that the one where anyway. Yeah. And then Pacific Rim, another movie that was just okay. Looked great, was just okay. I loved Pacific Rim. So obviously you're a Guillermo Del Toro fan. <laughs> I am not. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so he directed this, uh, 2015, so it came out very, pretty recently, um, it stars, uh, Mia Wizakowska, Wysakowski, the girl from, uh, Alice in Wonderland.
0: Oh, the blonde,
1: blonde girl. Blonde girl, okay. Yeah, and, I'm, and I'm probably butchering her last name. Um, Tom Middleston, who is another person that I don't really. For that much, oh, Loki from Avengers, Loki, right? Uh, I think we talked about him a couple weeks ago, when I when I saw High Rise. Oh, right, right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I just don't like him. I don't hmm. know. What the uh, Jessica Chastain and Charlie Hunnam, who is like a Guillermo del Toro like guy now, he's in all his movies now. Okay, um, the guy from uh, Sons of Anarchy, uh, who plays Jax. I don't watch it, he's also from uh, Green Street Hooligans. Oh, I hear that's a great movie. Yeah. That's um, anyway, this guy is British, but he always plays... Oh, is
0: it the dude in Pacific Rim
1: who's the yeah, main guy? Yeah. Oh, He's okay, British, okay. but he always plays American Low characters. Channing Tatum. Right. And he has a terrible, terrible American accent. He really does. Like, it's horrible. Yeah. And in Sons of Anarchy, which is a show that I watched and I really liked and I loved, somehow, like, you, you're able to just look, look past that. Mm-hmm. And... In a movie like this where there are British people in the movie, they chose to make him American and I'm just like, just let him speak in his regular accent, because it's so Horrible. Like yeah. like like it's one of those things where I just can't get past it.
0: Yeah, in Pacific Pacific Rim, I always just fast forward to the robot fighting.
1: <laughs> yeah. But he's that's always rain that's always in the rain and, and at nighttime. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Raining at night so you can't see the bad effects. But he talks, he's like when the Jaegers first It sounds like it sounds like um what's his name from Highlander talking? Uh Christopher Lambert. Yeah. <laughs> It sounds like Christopher Lambert talking. He sounds like a guy who doesn't speak English, <laughs> speaking <laughs> <All right. laughs> phonetically.
1: So, right going in, I already am like not expecting much, just because I don't like Guillermo del Toro. Right, um, but I gave it. A, I'm I give all his movies a chance. I see all his movies. Um, so Pacific Rim. It just, it just, or not Pacific Rim. Crimson Peak is just a movie that doesn't know what it wants to be. So it was marketed as a horror film. If you saw the trailers and stuff for right, when yeah, it came that's out, for um, and that's what they marketed it as. And it's not a horror film at all. It's I would more consider it like a gothic romance in some way.
0: Oh, fancy. but the
1: romance is not even like it's. It's just like empty. Like there's no chemistry between the characters so basically uh mia wazikowski or wazikowski however you pronounce her name she plays edith who is a 20-something young author uh living in buffalo new york with her father um her mother has previously passed away um there's a little backstory there about that like she's seen her mother's ghost before so right at the beginning of the movie they introduced like the ghosts are like real like and right. She says, like, ghosts are real, that that much I know, is what she says in the beginning of the film. Mm-hmm. It's like, ghosts are real, ghosts are among us, like, ghosts are going to be a part of this movie. So, she lives in Buffalo with her father, and her father's, like, this rich, like, uh, tycoon who, like, takes on investors, and he's just, like, a rich guy who has a bunch of different, his hand in a bunch of different things. So, Tom Hiddleston shows up to Buffalo, New York, with his sister, played by Jessica Chastain, and he pitches an idea for uh, mining um, clay. Apparently his house, him and his sister inherited a, a, a large chunk of land when their parents died. And they live on basically like clay mines. And he wants to mine clay. He pitches the idea that, like the clay that they live on is great for, you know, creating bricks and uh, building houses. And that's his like pitch to uh, Eva's father. Um, the movie, by the way, takes place in like the early 1900s if you, okay. So it's like way, you know, way back. Sure. Um, right away, Edith's father doesn't see something right about Tom Hiddleston. He's just like, something's like slimy about him. He makes a comment about like how he shows him his hands and he's like, you see my hands. He's like, I've been working my whole life with these hands. He's like, i shook your hand and your hands just feel like delicate and like that you've never done like a hard days of work, day of work in your life. Right. He just seems like a slime ball. But he makes an immediate impression on Edith. He's very charming, charismatic.
0: Tom um, Hiddleston's the one with the smooth hands, right? Okay.
1: Tom Hiddleston's got some smooth hands. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so him and Edith kind of hit it off, um, and immediately her father sees that they're hitting it off, and he immediately is like, "No, no, I don't want you with this guy. This guy's weird. Like, I don't. He seems like a slime ball. All this stuff." Mm-hmm. Um, and it gets to the point where he tries to convince Edith to marry him and come with him to his, come back to England. He's he's British. Him and Jessica Chastain are British. To come back with him to their house, to his land and live with him. She proposed it to her father. He's like, absolutely not. Like this. Like I said, this guy is like, you know, I don't trust this guy. Right. He even gets his friend to look into past business ventures from Tom Hiddleston and even sees there, like he's had so many failed ventures like he's constantly trying to get money from people to invest in his his land to mine clay, and just nobody nobody will do it, which is immediate immediate red flag. He just loves clay, right? He just loves the clay that he, that he lives on. So, uh, mysteriously, um, Edith's father is killed. <gasps> no, and after she is killed, uh, Tom Hiddleston tells Edith that like your father tried to convince me to leave. He didn't want us to be together, but I know that we were meant to be together. I know that like, this is, this is like truthful. Um, and all the while Jessica Chastain, Tommy Nelson's sister is like not into this at all. She's like, why you want to be with this girl? But at the same time, you could see that they, they're working together for some goal Mm -hmm. and they need her for some reason. They keep saying, all right, like I have to, we'll get her, but like this can't last long. Like, you know, all this stuff. So they finally get her to come out to um, England with them. He marries her. Oh, okay. All the while, Charlie Hunnam, uh, like I said, the guy from Sons of Anarchy, Right. he is the same way as her father, being like, I don't trust this guy. He's he's her friend like from way back. The, there was never like, a romance handed at it. It was kind of like they were, they'd just been friends since they were kids. Mm, okay. um, and he's like, yeah, same thing. I don't trust this guy. But anyway, she doesn't listen to anybody. Her father dies. She doesn't even question about how he dies. Girls. She just goes. So then that's where, that's like the launching point for the story and she gets to the land where they live and the the enormous house that they live in that's creepy and scary. The house looks great in this movie. It's just like very just, it's just so creepy looking. Like all kinds of different rooms and like the coloring, like the way they shot it is great. Like all the different, the light, the way they did the lighting, everything just looks awesome. Um, and she gets to the house and she immediately realizes that, realizes that the house is haunted but there's like never any like jump scares or anything they they show you ghosts every once in a while like her seeing a ghost like peek out from a corner or her hearing something it just never really like like and i'm like scared very easily and maybe this movie wasn't trying to like scare you in that way right but it just seemed like very like bland and like as soon as you get to the house, you like, oh, this is, like, creepy, really creepy house. And, like, as the movie goes on, you're like, I'm not scared of this at all. Like, there's nothing that's scary. And the ghosts really aren't explained. Um, and eventually there's, like, a twist towards the end of the film that you see coming from a mile away. And they kind of build it up to the point where, like, something's about to happen, something's about to happen. And when they reveal the twist, they make it seem like, like they'd make a big deal out of it. And you're like, yeah, like I had that figured out. Like, <laughs> like look whole, how smart we are. Yeah. I had that figured out like yeah, the whole movie. Okay. Sure. And at the same time, like at the same time too, like it's trying to figure out if it, this is want to be a horror movie. This is want to be like a movie just about like two conniving brother and sister who are trying to make money off of, you know, a business venture that nobody will invest in. So you never really get the motivations of the characters uh, Edith, uh, who is the main character, is just, like, stupid. Like, she just believes everything Tom Hiddleston says. There's never any, uh, there's never, never any, like, aha moment with her. Like, mm-hmm. what am I doing here? Like, I'm in this, like, creepy old house on the other side of the world, like, with, like, a guy I barely know. And, like, he's not paying attention to me. Maybe I should leave. Like, maybe I should get out of this. Mm-hmm. But she has no family. Her father's dead, so... I guess she just, she just goes along with it. I just I just wasn't into the whole story the whole time. I just thought it was, I, like I said, I just thought it was bland. And, like, it was marketed as a horror movie. And I understand if it was marketed that way and maybe Guillermo del Toro didn't want it to be that way. He wanted it to be more of a romance story. But the romance story is bland. The scares are bland. The, like, like I said, the movie looks great. Like, the costumes are great. The lighting's great. All the sets are all really cool looking. Um, the house is set on top of like a clay mine, so like there's always like red coming up from the the bottom of the house, and not yeah. just like in like a fake way, like it's actual. It's the soil. Like when it rains, the soil turns red. So it looks I mean, like the ground bleeds. Right, it looks like the ground of, yeah, bleeds yeah. exactly. So that that part was cool. It was just like the, the movie just didn't stick with me, and I just thought it, the story was just weak. And it just affirmed my hatred for Guillermo del Toro and his <laughs> overrated movies that he makes.
0: Uh, do you think? Now, of course, I haven't seen it, but like, do you think that the movie was trying to be a throwback to, like you said, like yes. a, a gothic horror yes. kind of movie? So, yeah, where... I will say
1: that he did. It seemed like he was trying to pay homage to older films. And uh, if you know anything about Guillermo del Toro, he's a he's a very uh, um. Very well versed in like old film, mm-hmm. um, and is always you know steal. I guess which a lot of directors do—they steal from other things. But he's one to to steal from stuff way in the past, right? Um, and try to use that to his advantage and make it new again.
0: Because l- listening to you describe it, 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 it maybe it's only because you said the gothic stuff, but it reminds me of of uh, like Mary Shelley's Frankenstein kind of a thing, yeah. where where you're never going to have another good Frankenstein movie, but everybody's going to keep right. trying, but it's a story that doesn't work. And this is kind of like... today's... Uh,
1: yeah, with today's...
0: Mindset, or, I yeah, guess, or today's, or yeah, the, the today's sensibilities. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, and that's what I think he tried to do, was he tried to make a horror movie, but not he didn't want it to be a horror movie. He wanted mm. the horror to be like kind of a side note. Right. But then there's no there's no there's no main, there's no main course there's no yeah. like like there's a bunch of side dishes but there's no main course there's no like the film just has no identity and it's the whole movie it's constantly like flipping the script and trying to change into something that it's not and it's just yeah. like it's like where is this going so i mean like i said it definitely looks great if you if you into some into stuff like that like uh set design lighting um the special effects were like the ghosts were even those were very hokey and cartoony but that's another thing Guillermo del Toro is very hokey and comic booky sometimes with the way he mm-hmm. does stuff if you have ever seen this TV show the strain which is his as well which actually I kind of, I do like that show that's one thing of his that I do like it's Was based that about on the disease yeah it's based on a comic book that him and his friend wrote okay um and he's like a producer on it but the same it's the same type of thing it's very very stylized very um like comic booky graphic novel-y.
0: Yeah, I will say um, all of his movies are very nice to look at. Yes, like they're very visual um, feasts, if you will. Uh, Pacific Rim, for example, like like you were saying, though, is is very special effects driven. But anytime you see a movie in the dark in the rain, right, you know, means they're, they're hiding, hiding so. lots of okay. lots of flaws but uh it's been so long since i've seen pan's labyrinth but that's another movie where where it's very visual and it's
1: isn't it all in spanish? Yes.
0: I don't remember if i
1: it takes place in spain actually.
0: Yeah, and and that i think has a great story but but i'll agree with you like most of his other stuff doesn't have a very good story. It's just a very fun to look at.
1: But well, now i won't watch crimson peak well, no, you still can watch it. I don't want to turn anybody away from something. Obviously, everybody's entitled to their own opinion. And like I said, I don't, I'm don't. i not a big fan of Guillermo del Toro, so I'm, my view may be skewed a little bit.
0: Ray says but you're wrong we'll if you it like out. it. Um, that brings us to this week's answers to Tony's trick-or-treat question from last week. Tony's question was, um, what's your favorite movie that takes place in an amusement park? Oh, We had a a lot of answers. Uh, Jackie says Jurassic Park, which is just a great movie. (laughs) Uh, And Liz says Zombieland, which was a great answer. Zombieland's fantastic. I love that movie. Um, Then Ray, your random Ray quest from last week was, what's your favorite adult-centric kids movie, like Stand By Me or The Goonies? And Liz says Elf. Which I don't. No, that's
1: not. That, 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 that's, that's misinterpreting the question. Um, but sure, I actually. I, if, if if we want to if we want to uh, uh, be honest here, I despise the movie Elf. What? Yes.
0: How is that possible? I just don't like it. No way.
1: So there's that. Elf sucks.
0: Oh, you're. That can't be true. Um, uh, and that's really those are all the big responses for the questions this past week.
1: Yeah, it was kind of a weak question by me. Tony's question was better. Um, uh, to answer to Tony's question Adventureland. I hated Adventureland. See, that's I, that's 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 a good movie. No,
0: <laughs> I hated that movie. Like, I that's a movie that I wanted to like, and I was just the whole time just. Buh. <laughs> Oh, I just just couldn't do it. All right then. Um, a regular host of the show, Dan. He's been on yeah. twice now. He uh he says one of us needs to watch the Wraith. I don't remember if I said this last week or if it came in this week, but he says we need to watch that. I think Charlie brought that up a couple months back, but he says to watch that. Then he says he wants us to name a bad movie, like a terrible movie that had a great scene. That made it memorable. Hmm. I hate to spring it on you right at the end, but it, but I just looked at it. <laughs> I just, <laughs> I just, saw or it I mean, happened. I just remembered it was there. But now Dan, movie. Dan a gives scene. a fen- phenomenal example Okay. with, uh, he says the movie fire in the sky, he says was not good. Disagree. Uh, but the scene with the abduction, you know, where the, I've dude, never seen fire. in. The oh, sky. dude, you gotta watch fire in the sky. It's awesome. Uh, it's about um, it's about a true. It's based on a true story about a group of loggers. I'm gonna wood woodsmen. Mm-hmm. What are those lumberjacks? Lumberjacks. Yeah, <laughs> woodsmen. woodsmen. They, they help out. The old red, woodsmen. You. They help out Red Riding Hood. Um, uh, they're coming back from from a day of work, uh, and they see this light in the sky. Uh, one of the guys gets out of the truck, approaches it, and is sucked up into the sky by aliens. Um the f- three or four other guys in the truck drive away. Um and there's this big investigation where they the everyone basically believed that these guys murdered that guy. Wow. Um and um they all passed their lie detector test. They all basically tell the same story. Um and, and lie detectors are, you know. Right. Toss ups anyway, but um, they all basically their stories are all corroborated, blah 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 blah. Uh, a few days later, the guy who's missing shows back up like a town over. Um, I, in the movie, he shows up naked and he calls 911 from a payphone, like in shock and stuff. Um, and basically says, Yeah, I was abducted by aliens and and whatnot. <laughs> And then, under hypnosis, he tells the story of what happened when he goes into the ship. And that is a scene that will haunt you for the rest of your life. I don't, Mm. I mean, it does for me. Like, I can see the entire thing right now, and it is scary as hell.
1: But it's not a very good movie.
0: Uh, I like it. It's not, it's like it's got a, when you're watching it, it has a very made for TV feel to it for a major motion picture, but totally worth watching. Um, and then especially for the scene where where he gets abducted you're like you, there's no way you don't watch every second of that like what the hell is going on man like man this is scary like because you if you put yourself in that guy's position where I don't want to ruin any of it for you but like where all this horrible stuff is happening to him and you're like oh <laughs> Uh, and it was right around the time that the, the idea of the alien with the big head and the big eyes right, yeah. was, like, coming, like, that's, you know, like, that was one that was, was kind of new. So there's, like, um, the special effects makeup for the aliens walking around. You're like, oh, no, no, I don't like this. I don't like this. When you when you watch it, you remember, for some reason, Unsolved Mysteries keeps coming up on, the, on our yeah. show lately. But you remember on Unsolved Mysteries when they would do the alien segment or the yeah. ghost segment and you'd be, like, scared? Yeah. That's kind of how you feel watching this, but it goes on for forever.
1: Yeah, I'll have to check it out.
0: Um, but it's but it's based on a true story, and um, none of the people involved wanted to like, be a part of it. Uh, no, I think a few of them did because they wanted to get the story out. Now, now I'm just kind of making that up, um, trying to trying to remember it. But um, but like everybody's stories still all line up, and it's like one of those big UFO.
1: Hey, big there's UFO a lot of stories thing. like that. They are among us. Truth is, sure. truth is out there, right? Um, I have an answer to the question. Okay, as good. As we were talking, I'm glad I came up with enough. conversation. Um, it's kind of a weird answer, uh-huh. um, but, uh huh. But the movie Belly with uh, DMX and oh, Nas. Oh,
0: yeah. right. Okay.
1: Um, the opening scene to that movie is one of the best opening scenes I've of all time. Is it? It's just, and it's not. Nothing really even happens. It's them. It's uh, Dmx and Nas walking through a club. Uh, it's like a strip club, like nightclub type deal, um, and there's like black lights and stuff. And there's a song playing. I forget what the song is called. Is it up in here? No. It's it's a it's a it's a remake. It's like a slowed down version of a of an eighties like R and B song. And hype, hype Williams directed the movie, and he's a music video director. Mm-hmm. The movie's terrible,
0: right? But I've never seen it. Before,
1: but, of but, but the uh, because I mean, just DMX and Nas just can't act. Um, I feel
0: like I always thought that movie was about
1: Biggie. No,
0: isn't there like a big dude in a white shirt on the cover?
1: Uh, I think it, it might be, yeah. But I think it's DMX on the cover. Was DMX heavy at the time? No. <laughs> um. Anyway like it's just them walking through this club and like the lighting it, 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 it looks like a music video yeah um and like the lighting and the music is just it's just something always like like sits with me like i'm ever, if i ever see it on i just and i know it's going to i know it's going to come on i watch it and then i just turn it off because the <laughs> okay. movie's garbage right but, but the, the beginning the, is the, really the first cool. like fi- first like i think it's like a 3 or 5 3 to 5 minute scene of them just like walking through this club um with this song playing and like the stuff that's going on and i think they eventually like they, like rob Something gets robbed or whatever. There's like gunshots and stuff. There's like a shootout, but it's it's just really cool.
0: Uh, I would have to say, and I think I brought it up a few a few weeks ago, but the again, an opening scene uh, to the movie Ultraviolet.
1: I've never seen it. I don't. But yeah, you you've talked about this before, yeah. yeah
0: the The opening sequence to Ultraviolet is the coolest like five minutes of a movie ever. And then nope, nope. No, it gets so, it gets so, so bad. I I honestly can't even remember what the opening of the movie is about, but I remember loving it. I just loved it so much, and then the movie is so, so bad. But yeah, Ultraviolet. Uh, and you, listener, dear listener at home, if you have a response for Dan's dastardly question, Dan, name, Great question. name a movie... Name a bad movie that has a great scene. You know, let 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 us know, and we'll let Dan know. Um, Ray, we'll read it on the air. Do you have a Ray's random Ray quest?
1: Yes. Uh, This week, um, I talked about Guillermo del Toro and how I don't like him. Um, um, and I was gonna, my question was gonna be, is there a director you don't like? But I feel like that's a little tough for some people to answer. Mm -hmm. So my question is going to be: Is there a particular actor or actress that you just don't care for? Hmm. Uh,
0: like,
1: uh, like I said, Tom Hiddleston is just a guy that I just. There's nothing he does that's wrong. I just look at him like I don't like this guy. I just don't. I just don't like his face.
0: Yeah, just don't like what he does for <laughs> me. Yeah. I would have said Colin Farrell. Yeah. He's really turned it around. Yeah. Have you seen the lobster me. yet? No, not yet. It's it's on the list. I saw that Total Recall, which didn't help him out, but... Right.
1: Another answer for me would be Bill Paxton. I can't stand Bill Paxton. Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs)
0: That's...
1: (laughs) Bill Oh, he
0: he tries so hard. (laughs) He's just so bad. Oh, man.
1: Him and True Lies is just great.
0: (laughs) Oh, man.
1: Yeah, he just annoys me. I'm annoyed by him.
0: Oh, I'd have to think... I'm have to think about it. There's plenty of actors I can't stand. There's a
1: lot of actresses I can't stand, but I won't get into all of the, them. I, uh, I can't stand Amy Schumer. I haven't seen very I many of I can't stand Tina Fey.
0: Oh, I love Tina Fey. I, I just oh, I I can't Tina stand Faye. her. I think she's the best. I she um, think she's so smug. <laughs> <laughs> she's so funny. No, yeah, she's not. Um, oh, man.
1: But yeah, I'm sure our listeners have a lot of...
0: I would love to hear what our listeners have to say about it. Yeah, um, and then I'll I'll think about it and then I'll 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 uh, I'll get back to you in next week's week forty two. Wow, forty two. We we really have, we're almost at the year we're almost
1: at the year. Yeah. Uh, will that be Will that be close to the fifty? I
0: think at fifty two is when we when we do it right. Okay. I don't know. We're gonna have to check the archives on that yeah. one. <laughs> I thought we'll get at back some point you. I started counting better than than in other weeks, <laughs> um, but maybe we'll do like a best of episode. That yeah. would really give me some some time, as I have some life changing events fast approaching. Um, so so hey listeners, here's Nick's neato, <laughs> whatever. Um, do you have any favorite? this week in film moments that you would love featured in a best of episode let us know
1: or like a mo- or a particular movie that you thought we reviewed good or that we ripped apart yeah good Batman versus Superman <laughs> which time
0: <laughs> and um, alright uh, if you're listening to us on the podcast radio network you can find us here every week at every Wednesday night at 10.30 for uh, if you want to find some more of us, check us out on your favorite podcasting app. We're This Week in Film Podcast. Uh, check us out on Twitter, Facebook, Google+, uh, or thisweekinfilmpodcast.com uh, to answer our many, many questions from this week. And I think that'll be any plugs this week, Ray? No, I got no plugs. I also don't. I'll check out Charlie's book. I think that comes out to your local comic store. book store uh, in the next week. Um, get your pre-orders in now. Show show Charlie some love, and um, show you love. If that's the end of the reel, we'll see you next week in film. See ya.